We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the show. If you're new here, I am your host, Tori Gordon, and I'm so glad that you made it to this side of YouTube or podcast world, whether you're on Apple or Spotify. Welcome. I am very honored to show up here every single week and to be able to to speak into your lives and share my story and share incredible guests that are absolutely fascinating to talk to and to learn from. And today is no different because I am honored to be talking to Laura Conley, who is a certified weight loss coach and is on a serious mission to help mamas who have been desperately struggling with diet drama to lose weight and free themselves from food forever. She is really, really committed to helping women pass down a beautiful legacy to their children around food and bodies so that they can weigh what coping mechanisms or strategies when it comes to feel your feelings instead of eating them and healing our relationship with food and our bodies. So let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high-performance coach and breathwork facilitator, and each week I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. Laura, happy Friday. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So Super excited. Yay. Well, I'm, I'm so honored to have you on the show and to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is health and wellness and how we can develop a healthier relationship to food and our bodies. And this is a, a journey that I've been on in terms, especially in 2022, because I made a commitment mm. to myself. This was going to be the year. Like this is going to be the year that I focused on my physical health because last year and the year before that, and I've really been dialing in like my mental, emotional, spiritual health. Mm. I kind of been neglecting the physical side of things, yeah. honestly. And um, I was like, okay, if I want to be a fully whole integrated human. Like I have to include this, this physical part. And for me, that journey is ever evolving with food and with my body and with movement practices. Mm. And I'm in a really good place right now. I've actually lost like 17 pounds since I left on, I started a road trip in March and it's been a healthy 
like mm. healthy unraveling yeah. and a, a releasing of, of just some extra weight that I've been carrying. But I want to know what your story is. Like you mm. are a weight loss coach and life coach. You work with women around these topics all the time, but like, how did you get into this and what is your health journey looks like? And mm. why is this such a passion for you? Yeah. Well, it started back in high school. Like I feel probably so many of your listeners, it started back in high school for so many of us and some of my clients even before that, but I started getting that conditioning and that socialization that like thinner was better, like skinny was good. And so I started counting calories in like the ninth freaking grade. And I, I remember every day coming home from school and writing down like what I had eaten and the calorie count. I mean, it's like so embarrassing. I still have like every single food in like North America memorized in terms of like how many calories, how many carbs, whatever. And I would come home and I would like write down what I had for lunch, how many calories, plan out my dinner, make sure it was like something crazy, like under 900 calories. Mm. Right. Which is so crazy. And, and I was already, I mean, I was in high school as a ninth grade, I was slim already, yeah. but I was like, I got to hold on to this because this equals my worth. Right. I probably didn't say those exact words inside my head, but reflecting back, that's what was, mm -hmm. that's exactly what was going on. And then classic case went to college, gained exactly 15 pounds my <laughs> freshman year and continued to gain and lose those same 15 pounds for like the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I was the girl who was always doing a cleanse and then always going crazy on the weekend. So I was yeah. always like juicing Monday through Thursday and then like planning five course, you know, brunches with my friends. Right. So, um, and then. I kind of like surrender is the wrong word. I had kind of just succumbed, which is actually really sad. And I was like, you know what? This is just going to be my thing. I'm just going to gain and I'm just going to be a yo-yo or I'm just going to gain and lose these same 15 pounds forever. And you know what, Laura, it's not so bad. Other people have, other people have, you know, way more like tragedy in their life. Like if this is your one thing, big deal, like suck it up. Like it's mm -hmm. not a big deal. Right. But the truth was, it was causing me so much mental energy, emotional stress, um, like body, like a, a discourse with my body. I wasn't in harmony with my body sure. nor myself. And so I was like, I kind of threw in the towel. I was like, mm -hmm. whatever. And then I got pregnant with my daughter, proceeded to eat all the things because that was never allowed for me to just eat all the things, eat whatever I want, whatever I wanted. So I used that pregnancy, probably not in a healthy way at all, had my baby. And I have a very poignant moment where she was like six weeks old and I was getting out of the shower postpartum. I was not one of the like 1% of women that quote unquote bounces back and like fits into the genes that, you know, right. That she was in nine months ago. And so I was getting out of the shower and I was like leaning over, like toweling off butt naked. And I looked at my stomach. There was like, you know, I don't know, 17 rolls. And I was like, like, I like, kind of like, you know, just talked very meanly to myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, this is the moment. This is the moment you stop right mm -hmm. now. Never again will you talk to your body that way. Because mm -hmm. I knew at that point, even though it was early in my motherhood journey, like I knew at that point that like my inner voice was going to become my daughter's inner voice. Mm -hmm. And there was no effing way I was going to pass that down to her, like over my dead body. It was almost like something bigger than me came over me. 
And it wasn't even like a choice and anymore. I was like, I will not talk to myself like that for her. And it ended up being like the best gift mm-hmm. for myself. And then that led into like my healing journey because I did want to lose the baby weight. I did want to be at my natural weight and love my body and sure. love myself. And so I went on a mission, but like a healthy mission, not like, Ooh, what's like the next quick fix. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I'm going to do 75 hard or 21 day fix or whatever number yeah. plus. Right. So I was like, no, I'm really going to heal this. And I went on this journey and I say, I kind of lucked out, but I don't really think it was like lucky because I really was on a mission. One of my coaches, one of my life coaches is Brooke Castillo. And she at the time had this whole program called stop overeating. And I was, I never resonated with me because I was like, I'm not like an overeater. I'm not like Mm -hmm. a binger. So I was like, whatever. And when I had found her, I was like about to get pregnant, pregnant. So I was like, not interested in her overeating stuff. But I was like, you know what? Everything else she teaches is like magic. So I'm going to go down that road and learn about her process. And through that married with my background in meditation and yoga, I taught yoga and meditation full-time in LA for eight years. So I kind of like married the two Brooks, um, stop overeating stuff. And then like mindfulness from yoga and meditation. And I feel like, I mean, it sounds kind of dramatic, but I feel like I finally cracked the code. I, I would say to my husband, like, three months, four months, five months into my journey, I'd be like, can you believe it? Like, this is really it. Like, this yeah. is really like, I'm really going to do this for the last time. And he was like, he's like, it's amazing. And then by like the eighth month, he was like, yeah, like Laura, like I get it. I like it's happening. Like good job. Like he's like, can we yeah. stop talking? Can we talk about something else? And I'll say it to him about my clients too. I'll be like, oh my client. I mean, I don't really anymore, but I used to, and he'd be like, I know, I know it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. um, So that code is really um, balancing my balance, my hunger hormones, which I I feel like prior to that, it was all about like calories in calories out. So um, balance my hunger hormones, which is actually very, very, it's like stupid easy, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a lot of mindfulness practice I call like like the death of the diet brain and moving into like a body love brain. So that's that mindfulness piece. And then learning that I actually was an emotional eater. Like mm-hmm. I never identified with that either, because again, our country depicts emotional eater people as like the most stressful day ever. And then like going home and eating a pint of ice cream and followed by yeah. a bag of potato chips. And I just never identified that, but I was the girl that was like a little bored at two 30 PM. So like I would grab some peanut M&Ms cause like I need a little pick me up or like I had a hard day. So, you know what I do deserve whatever fill in the blank. Right. Mm-hmm. And it would just be one serving, but over time, that was for me overeating because I wasn't eating for physical hunger. I was eating for emotional hunger. And I I just didn't realize that. So I really learned how to feel like I learned how to feel bored and that like bored isn't actually a problem. Or I learned how to give myself rewards that give me a net positive instead of a net negative. And I really learned how to follow through on my own word, which was, which was crazy because I never thought that was like a thing that you could learn. Like my husband was one of those people that would set like a new year's resolution and achieve it. And I wouldn't even know he set the resolution. He's like, Oh no, that's just like how I am. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not, I have to tell like 20 people. I have to like write it on the wall. I didn't know that like I could create the skill of inner accountability of wanting to follow through on my own word. And apparently you can, that is a skill like you can create, which is amazing. Um, after I lost weight for the last time, I was like, wait, if I can 
do that. Like I could probably do like anything in the world. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a bit of a, you know, mind, you know what? So, um, and then along the way, I also kind of like, I learned to like, really, I, I would have said that I loved myself, but I really leveled that up. So I learned to like love myself and love my body and love the way my body looks, which mm -hmm. I think is a huge piece. So, um, so that's like it in a nutshell. And yeah, it's like the greatest gift I've ever given to myself and now get to pass down to my son, which that's really important too. my son and my daughter. Right. I mean, so. I think you're telling so many of our our stories. Like I know that there are women mm -hmm. and men listening that like yeah. have had this experience with diet culture and their bodies and this yo-yo back and forth. And especially with the self-talk as well. And, you know, unlike you who didn't really identify with emotional eating, I definitely did. I mean, I grew up in the South. I, my mom cooked from scratch. She used a pint of butter and everything we <laughs> ate. It was me and my sister, but she fed us like we were linebackers. And the conditioning that we got when we were kids was it was natural to go back for seconds. It was, yeah. it was normal and encouraged to clean your plate. It was yeah. actually like celebrated. It's like, oh yeah, you ate all your foods. Like since you were a kid, we've been telling, I would, yes. was told eat all your food and then you'll be rewarded with dessert or something else. Right. And there was even a saying in my household that was like, eat all your food, but you can leave one uh, bite for Mr. Polite. That was the saying leave oh one bite for gosh. Mr. Polite. And so it was ingrained in my subconscious mind since I was a kid just to overeat, overindulge. Yeah. And then as I, you know, went into definitely into college and into my adulthood, into my mid and late twenties, I went back and forth and back and forth all of the time. And I would fluctuate weight. And then I would go on some really intensive, you know, cleanse or detox or whatever. It was never sustainable. And like you, I just made this commitment this year. I said, I'm going to really get down to the root, mm. root of what's going on here and yeah. heal it because I can't continue this, this, uh, like on this path, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. It, I'm leaking energy all of the time. Mm -hmm. And I know I can feel better. The thing was, I didn't realize until even the last few months when some, someone that I work out with almost, you know, three, four, five times a week, she is a queen of biohacking. And I walked into the gym one day and she's like, Tori, you, your stomach is so flat. And she's like, what have you cut out in your diet? I didn't realize this, but cause I have changed my diet pretty, pretty significantly. Um, not because with any intention, it's actually become just a natural lifestyle change since I've been out here in Vegas and I've just been around more conscious, healthy yeah. eaters, um, yeah. eating more real, real food, real ingredients, not deep fried, like in the South. Um, so it's just naturally sort of dissolve some, some of the weight yeah. was just like, let go. Yeah. And she was like, what have you changed in your diet? And I, I didn't realize how much I was living in a constant state of bloating mm. all the time. Like I thought that was just normal. Like this yeah. is just how I am. This is just how my body is. And then now I'm realizing actually that's not, and I was living with such yeah. dis-ease all of the time. Yeah. And now I'm having a whole new context and reference point for how I can feel. And that's a beautiful, exciting place to be. And I like wake up with 
a different energy for taking care of my health and wanting to continue that momentum all day long. One of the things that you talk about a lot is giving people permission to Mm. want to lose weight. And in 2022, this can be sort of a taboo topic. You know, we're, we're encouraged and we hear it all the time on social media and everywhere we look is self, you know, body positivity, self-love, embrace your curves, all those things, which I 1000% believe in 100%, but it's almost looked down upon if you do want to lose weight or it's masked and like, Oh, I'm doing this for my health. As you were like mentioning before we started this call, why is permission so important? And how does that impact us when we do sort of give, let ourselves off the hook for wanting a different relationship to our bodies? Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a good question because I remember feeling so much like personally, just feeling so much shame, like admitting that I wanted to lose weight because the rebuttal, and this is what I think our culture will give back to women who, who maybe voice it, who are brave enough to voice it. Some people like just say it and it's fine. But I think a lot of us are just scared to admit it because oftentimes we're met with, oh, that means you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I'm like, does it, is that what that means? Or if I have a deep desire to lose weight because I don't feel like myself. And then I'm ignoring that. Isn't that the opposite of love actually? Right. right? So I, I, one of my, my mission is like hashtag freedom moms. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like the first step in that walk home in that path to freedom is giving permission to ourselves. Really. That's the only person that can give us permission. We can do whatever we want, but I would like to be a voice and be like, Hey, you can borrow my belief that it's okay to want to lose weight. And then you wanting to lose weight is actually like a radical act of self-love. If that's what you want and you like your reasons, Mm -hmm. if you're doing it because you want to get a promotion at work and you're like, this was me. I was in pharmaceutical sales for a while. And I was like, I got to be skinnier because skinnier equals better equals more sales. Right. And if you like your reasons for wanting to lose weight and they are true and they are authentic to you and you like why you Mm want to do it, then I think that that is one of the greatest acts of self-love that that you can go act on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, by ignoring that little voice inside of you, that's like, you know, this just isn't right. This is it's sort of like what you were talking about. You're like, I have my emotional health dialed in. I have my mental health, every spiritual health dialed in. It's like, there's this physical piece and you know, whoever's listening, <laughs> you know, that little voice inside, if it's kind of like, nagging at you, like, Hey, this is something that we need to look at Mm -hmm. so that we can live our most authentic life. Like that is an act of self-love. So I really want to give people permission that it's okay to want to lose weight. And it has nothing to do with you loving yourself. In fact, it probably has (laughs) something to do with you loving yourself. If you do take the next Mm -hmm. step to going and, and losing weight for the last time. Yeah. Well, and I think that's different than accepting yourself, right? Like yeah. accepting, like I can accept and love who I am in this moment. Right. And then yeah. there's also, I can still also strive for, for more or better. Yes. Like there's not, it's not one or the other, right. I don't I love it. completely content and where I am. Like yeah. I can also still want to continue to develop and evolve and, and be better for myself or for my family or what have you. And I think yeah, that's, people think it's so black and white. They think right. it's like, yeah, if I, if I, 
want to change my body, then that means I don't love and accept. And I'm like, no, it's and and both, mm-hmm. right? You can want to improve or evolve and love yourself right now. And in fact, I teach all my clients that like, unfortunately to their dismay, they're like, oh my God, I don't want to do this right now. I teach them that the only way to lose weight for the last time is by learning to love yourself in your body and the way your body actually looks. And they're like, mm-hmm. can I just do it over there? Once I've gotten there, I'm like, no, you can't hate yourself or like, like a level above hate. You can't hate yourself then. You have to actually love yourself then. Otherwise you'll sabotage at the end. So. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I say we can't heal what we hate. So, mm. oh my can't. God, that's so good. We oh, can't I heal what we that. hate. We have acceptance is the only way through. Yeah. And so until we come to a level of acceptance that I have contributed to where I am, right. I get to take responsibility for where I am and how things are showing up in my life. And if I'm like not okay with it, like I also get to be responsible for doing something about it, but I can sit in the seat of acceptance that, and not make myself wrong. It's not wrong. Like what the number on the scale fucking doesn't matter. Like how, like the size of my gene state doesn't matter. It's not wrong. It is what it is. If we can come with a neutral perspective, it's, it's almost about neutrality before it's about sometimes we look at our bodies and we're like, I am so far from loving this, right? (laughs) That's not so feeling like, Oh, I love myself feels like such a stretch. And almost it feels like inauthentic to say, I love faith. Right. It's fake. So it's like, let's come to a neutral place instead. It's like where I'm not like, can I come up from a step of, Hey, can I come up to a neutral place where it's like, actually it is what it is. It's not right or wrong or good or bad. And one of the things that I want to hear from you is like, what is that process that you take people through? Cause you talk about not having to diet again and Mm -hmm. losing weight for the last time through understanding the science behind what like diet brain is and how to rewire that. Like, where do you begin with people in this process of losing weight for the last time? Yeah. Well, ironically. Okay. So if you're anything like me, I used to like go into like when there was actual bookshops, maybe I'm like dating myself or aging myself Mm -hmm. a little bit, but I would like, I love a good bookshop. Yeah, me too. I would like go into Barnes and Nobles and like find like the new hot, like Tracy Anderson diet book and like rip open to page 72. I didn't care about any of the like preamble. Like I didn't care about any of the science behind it. I wanted to know like, what was she going to make me eat or not eat? So first and foremost, my clients create, uh, what I call a yummy mummy map. And it's a map of how they're going to balance their hunger hormones and they choose everything on it. I do not prescribe anything because right there is the science of choice. And if I'm prescribing something when it comes to a diet, they will rebel because they are human beings with human brains because Mm -hmm. they're normal basically. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was me too, right? Any other, any page 72 of Tracy and no, nothing against Tracy Anderson, but right. Like anything that I had, um, done just never lasted because I wasn't choosing it and it wasn't designed for me and my body. So my clients are, I guide them. I help them. I make recommendations, but they create these maps that are designed to balance their hunger hormones because once you're Go ahead. I was going to just say, can you go into what your hunger hormones are and how like kind of educate people on what that looks like? Yeah. So your hunger, your main hunger hormones are insulin, leptin, and ghrelin. So insulin, we didn't even like most of us don't even know that's a hormone, right? Like I'm like, what, this is a hormone. Mm -hmm. So 
it, all people know about insulin is that it's like, it's maybe it's like related to diabetes or like, you know, and that's pretty much it. But yep. insulin is like very, very important because it's a fat storage hormone. And if you have too much of it, it will store too much fat and mm -hmm. it will block the ability from your body to use that on your body as fuel. That actually is a really good fuel source for your body to use for energy. Um, but most of us can't access it because we have too much insulin in our bloodstream. So every time you eat, your blood sugar rises and then your insulin rises. And what happens for most of us is the rise, the spike is too much. It's too high because we're not balanced. So um, if you eat, like say you eat, oatmeal with some, let's say a bunch of sugar in there and some like mango and bananas, right? Your blood sugar is most likely going to skyrocket. And at that top, that top of that, um, big, uh, sorry, increase, your blood sugar is going to be going through the roof. Your insulin is going to be going through the roof and then you're going to crash. Mm -hmm. So think about like for all your listeners, think about like if you've had a breakfast like that and then two hours later, you're like starving and you're like, why am I so hungry? Or maybe you have a smoothie, smoothie that's not balanced or it has too much sugar in it. And like an hour later, you're hungry. You're like, yeah, but that was like a huge smoothie, mm -hmm. right? You're coming down and you're crashing. So not only are you spiking and your body's getting the signal to store excess fat, you also crash and you get that like 10 a.m. hunger and you're like dying, white knuckling it, trying to get to lunch because you're like, how can I be hungry? You're actually not physically hungry. You're just hormonally hungry because you've had that huge spike mm -hmm. and that huge crash. Okay. So in that case, your insulin is not balanced. That would be right. called insulin resistance really is what mm -hmm. it's called. It's when you're going on this huge roller coaster up and down. Now, when, every time you eat, you're going to release a little bit of insulin. You want like these nice rolling hills of insulin. When your insulin is not balanced and you're doing these big spikes and crashes from eating what I call like food that is not food, like a lot of processed food is not mm -hmm. really food. Like I'll get clients that are like, I'm not really, I'm not sure I want to like give up food groups. I'm like, processed sugar is not a food group. Like literally not a food. Like we didn't have it until like 250 or 300 years ago. Like mm -hmm. humans have been surviving without cane sugar for forever. What happens is when your insulin is imbalanced, your leptin and your ghrelin are also not balanced. And your leptin is responsible for telling you when you're full. Mm. So a lot of us, it's 88% of Americans do not have their hormones when it comes to their hunger balanced. So 88% of us are riding on these crazy roller coasters. So your leptin is responsible for telling you when you are full and when you need to, your, need to move your body. And if your leptin is not balanced, it's not telling you when you're full, when you're actually full, it's mm -hmm. crazy. Your ghrelin is the other one that we want to bring into balance. And that is the, um, hormone that's responsible for telling you when you're hungry. I always think of it like a little gremlin ghrelin, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> right. And so yeah. again, if your hunger hormones aren't balanced, it's going to tell you you're hungry when you're not hungry, like at 10 AM after, mm -hmm. I mean, it feels like an emergency too. that hormonal hunger. You're not actually physically hungry. You actually don't need food to survive, but it feels like an emergency. Hormonal right. hunger feels like an emergency. So you do yourself such a huge, like you give yourself such a huge gift when you balance your hunger hormones, because you no longer have cravings. You no longer have like hormonal hunger and mm -hmm. you're no longer storing excess fat that you 
do not need. And you have the ability to use the fat on your body for fuel, which is the way that we burn it off. So first and foremost, we get their hunger hormones into balance. It's really not hard. All we have to do from a physical standpoint of like what you're putting in your mouth and what you're not putting in your mouth, for the most part, most of my clients, all they have to do is remove processed sugar and maybe flour. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is I might suggest that there's some other tools that we'll use, like, okay, for example, like not snacking all day, not grazing all day, uh, intermittent fasting, maybe mm-hmm. stopping at 8 PM, right? Like I give them what I call like the yummy mummy platter, and they can pick a couple things off of like 10 different options that will help them balance their, um, hunger hormones. So, yeah. Cause I was going to ask, are you actually testing these hormones? Like, are you having them do yeah. a test that like then gives them data on cause yeah. Or not, or is it sort of trial and error trying, you know, elimination or because I did a, I went to a holistic doctor in January or February of this year and actually did a blood panel to see Mm. what my levels were of all different types of things, but all my hormones for the first time. And that was when I I did see my insulin levels, sort of all of this was kind of explained to me. Um, So I didn't know if you were also going that deep with your clients or not. So the answer is what's so fascinating is that we, as a culture, we want to like go outside of ourselves, right. To find the answers. Mm -hmm. So what I first teach my clients is, okay, let's balance our hunger hormones. And the way that I know how to teach you to do that. And then let's check in with your body. Your body will tell you Mm -hmm. if your hunger hormones are balanced because you won't have hormonal hunger and you won't have cravings. So you won't have that emergency, like alarm bells going off. Like, oh my God, I have to eat immediately. Actually physical, physical hunger, not hormonal hunger. Physical hunger feels like a gentle rolling of like, Hey, we could use some, some food soon. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is kind of a funny example, but like if you have to pee, like, Hey, you know what? Like we're having a conversation right now. When we're done with this conversation, it's probably a good idea if we go pee, right? right? It's not an emergency, but if my clients don't know, if they're like, I'm just not sure we will test their blood. So you can do it a couple different ways. You can get a glucometer like Mm -hmm. on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks, super cheap. You can test, test your blood sugar and your blood sugar is an indicator of how well you're balanced based on when you take bet based on when you test it. So, yeah. And I could go into that if you want to go into it. And you know, what's really popular too is, or getting really popular is these CGMs, these continuous glucose monitors. I don't have mine on now, but I, I wear one once in a while. And it basically is continuous. These were originally made for mm-hmm. type two diabetics, but a lot of people in the health and wellness industry are using them because it gives mm-hmm. them moment to moment reading of where they are and then a score. So a lot of my clients yep. will do that on their own, kind of just, just for fun. And I actually don't recommend that they do the CGMs until they get their mind right. We haven't really gone into that piece and I'll, I'll say a bit about that, but I want their, I want their diet brain to be dead by sure. the time that they use the CGM because CGM can show up like a scale, like a, like wait, when you weigh yourself, mm-hmm. it can like make your brain just be totally triggered. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening right now or your listeners are listening right now, right. And they're like, Oh my God, I could never give up sugar. I could never give up flour. That sounds crazy. I help all my clients get over that, right? Like, why is it crazy? Mm -hmm. Oh, your mom taught you to clean your plate. Let's look at that. Should you clean your plate? Why should you clean your plate? Why shouldn't you clean your plate? Where do you think she got that from? And it's literally rewiring your brain to think thoughts that serve them. Because a lot of my clients have thoughts like, I have to clean my plate. I cannot waste this food, right? And that's keeping them where they are. And it's like gently 
removing that story, that narrative and creating a new one so that they have what I call like a body love brain or naturally thin brain, whatever you want to call it, a brain that works for you so that you automatically perform habits that give you the result you want. Like you were saying, like I was just automatically cleaning my plate because that's how my brain was programmed. And now you probably don't even know it, but you reprogrammed your brain so that it doesn't just automatically eat what you actually check in with your body. Like, Hey, am I full right now? I teach right. the concept called the hunger scale. So my clients know like, Oh, my body's telling me I'm here on the scale. That's cueing me to stop. I'm going to stop sure. and check in. Yeah. So, well, what you're talking about. Yeah. Now we're moving into this mindfulness conversation because in order to change anything, we can't change what we're not aware of. Oh my God. I feel like awareness gets such a bad rap. I'm like, awareness is everything. It's, it is the starting point for every yes. kind of transformation or change you want to create in your life. And so for me to your point, exactly what you were just saying is like, I had to start to identify where my, like what my example was in terms of like my mom's relationship to food and her body and my dad and how they coped and, and what I saw growing up and why I just, I did what I saw and what were those stories? What were those things that I picked up on? And all of this, whether it's relationship to food and body image, your relationship to your money, to other people, it all goes back to our freaking childhood. (laughs) You know, know, it really, really does. And, but what we're doing is it's becoming conscious. Mm. Young says, until we make the unconscious conscious, Mm. it will continue to run our lives and we will continue to call it fate. Yeah. It's not fate that you are overweight. It's not, it's not God's will that you would struggle with a relationship with food or your body. Oh, it's not, it's that there are unconscious patterns that are playing out Mm -hmm. and that you're repeating that you don't even recognize that you're repeating. And I didn't for years until I started to look at some of these things and, and make what you said, a conscious choice. Like I get to decide now, do I want to do what I've always done? Or do I want to learn, educate, empower myself to make choices that feel good for me? Because I would eat until I was full and then I would continue to eat. And I would lull myself into this, like this, like uh, warm place when I was yeah. feeling emotional, but then I would have so much shame the next, you know, right after yeah. it would, it's like this go up and then I crash because now I feel like I'm 10 steps behind. Right. And I was like, if I yeah. don't want to continue to feel this way, yeah. something's got to change, but yeah. it starts with awareness. Like you said. Yeah. I think it's so true. And I think it's so normal too, right? Like our culture just feeds us conditioning after conditioning after conditioning that like overeating is normal. Like Mm -hmm. it's normal to go back for seconds, right? Mm -hmm. It's normal to have two cupcakes when you're celebrating like your kids, like classmates birthday, right? It's It's normal to drink what my friends would call. I have a friend that calls my, uh, sometimes my Starbucks order ice cream. It's like, okay, the Starbucks has all of the caramel and all of the things. It's like, It's for some people, that's their regular scheduled program of like going through the drive-thru and getting a Starbucks that is going to spike your insulin and you don't even know it. Is there, are there certain questions or certain like prompts that you give clients or you would give the audience today to start unpacking those stories or helping to identify and become aware of like what what is that patterning or what is that current diet brain programming that they're running? Yeah. So 
Um, that's one reason why I like them to create their yummy mummy map or their protocol, their food plan, whatever you want to call it, is because what'll happen is when you create that, all that baggage will start to come up. It's like a mirror. It's like Laura says that I should consider, right? I'm not going to prescribe anything that I could should consider no processed sugar. What comes up? Well, I can't do that because I don't want to be rude and say no, thank you mm-hmm. to the cupcake at the party. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's look at that thought. Is that rude? Or it's no, thank you. Just as polite as being like, thank you. And accepting the cupcake. Right. right? Or let's pretend it is rude. Let's just say it's rude. Okay. What do you want to be? You want to be rude or you want to be healthy? Of course, you're not being rude by saying sure. no, thank you. you. Like the thing, but someone actually, it's true. Someone actually might be disappointed. I talk about this all the time. I'm like, we are walking around with 15 pounds of people pleasing pounds. Yes. Like, yes. So many of us are just walking around. Cause we're like, Oh, I don't want to be the weirdo. I don't want to be the one, but it's like, who, who do you want to people please like your body or, or that? I just had a thought where it's just like, <laughs> Oh man, I imagine that it immediately brings up and illuminates the struggle that so many people have with the word. No. Mm, yeah. And saying no, telling other people, no, especially as women who are always taught to like do for others, make everybody else's life easier. Don't rock the boat, make everybody happy. So it's like saying no for yourself feels like it feels in for many of us has been taught is wrong or just be, or if we grow up in a home where we were always told no, and we were always like restricted. Yeah. There are some people like that for sure that now we feel like as adults, it's like, Oh, now I have the freedom to do what I want because I grew up in a home that was so strict and I never got to have the snack. And I would, I would go, I know friends like that (laughs) couldn't have certain things at their home. So when they were at their friend's house, they would go sneak into the pantry and eat all the good snacks. Oh my God. That was me. I have like PTSD from my best friend's mom being like, Laura, get out of the pantry. Can I eat cookie crisp all afternoon? (laughs) I was like, cookie crisp syrup. Cause my mom actually had a lot of healthy food at our house. I was like, cookie crisp. I'm going to eat a whole box of cookie crisp at Katie's house. So yeah. So I think that having a protocol or a plan will bring up all those thoughts that you can, I call it like Marie Kondo and you know, Marie Kondo who's right. Like the, the organizing chick who's like life-changing, life-changing magic of tidying up. This is the life-changing magic of tidying up your brain, but you can't see to your point of awareness, can't see what's in your brain. Mm -hmm. Can't see what's in the subconscious that's playing out until you're like, here's a, here's no sugar. What comes up? I'm not saying you have to do no sugar, but let's just see what your brain comes up with and see if we want to hold on to that thought or we want to give it to goodwill because Mm -hmm saying no, thank you. And disappointing, like your brain might be like, I can't, I can't do no sugar because my social life is just too big. And I I'm too afraid to say no, thank you, because I'm too afraid to disappoint people. It's like, okay, do you want to keep that? Because if you keep that, that's, (laughs) that's going to create in you continuing to weigh what you weigh. Right. Sure. For the most part, like I, I'm definitely a big believer of like, let's have some food for enjoyment sometimes, just not all the time, a hundred percent. But it's like, let's just look at that thought. Like, would you rather disappoint someone else or would you rather continually now consciously choose to disappoint yourself, right? Ooh. So it's like, yeah. So it's literally like, that's what I call like Marie Kondo in the brain. Like we have to give some prompts mm-hmm. and 
I mean, I could talk about the scale. The scale is actually a great measuring device in terms of like, if you're moving towards your goal, but it's also an even better mirror because mm -hmm. it will show you what you think about yourself and it will give you the opportunity to give that shit to Goodwill, to be like, oh my God, it says 138 or it says 192. And I'm making that number, that neutral number on the scale mean that I suck at life and I'm a failure. And yep. you're telling yourself that subconsciously all day long. Can we please put that in the trunk and give it to like mm -hmm. Salvation Army? Like, and can we start to rewire? So that's why I love mirrors. I love mm -hmm. creating a plan to create a mirror. You don't have to stick to the plan forever. You can I don't even like the word stick. You don't have to honor that plan forever. You can make changes. You're going to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. But I like mirrors so that we can become aware because it's really hard yeah. to become aware without any of those kind of trigger points. So. Right. That's how we, yeah, that's how we do become aware. And you just yeah. mentioned something about sticking to things. Now this is, this is a yeah. sticking point for so many people yeah. because it's like they start something and then they give up on it or they oh, yeah. stick to something for a couple of weeks and then they fall off the wagon. And this is so much of the yo-yo experience oh my when God. it comes to food. Like, I want to hear how do you help clients reorient to the idea of commitment and committing to a new lifestyle, new habits, new choices, um, because commitment and discipline are two things that they're like, they're like sisters, right? It's like, oh, yeah. brows aren't twins, they're sisters. It's like commitment and discipline <laughs> are required <laughs> and consistency yeah. For seeing results. Yeah, uh, totally. Oh my so God. Somebody how like, do you talk the, about other, that? the other day on social media, someone's like, what's wrong with your eyebrows? I'm like, I know my, mine are like stepsisters. They're not even like, <laughs> they're, they're not, not blood related. They're not, they're blood, not related. blood related. Yeah. Commitment and discipline, like get a really bad rap. Like my guess is when you said those words, your listeners were like, oof, uh, like, I don't like, yeah. Like there's like a heaviness, like discipline. Sometimes fun. people will like interpret as like punishment. Commitment sounds like hard and arduous. First of all, I don't think that we're taught that like our health journeys, our wellness journeys, our losing weight journeys, our skills that we have to learn. No one taught us how to lose weight for the last time. That's why I, I literally have the yummy mommy school of skinny skinny just means your natural weight. It doesn't mean like what some people in the body positivity and I'm in the body positivity movement, but some people will interpret that word negatively it just means your natural weight. But I have this school of skinny it's totally free. Your people should totally come to it, but it teaches you the skill of losing weight and becoming healthy because no one taught us that. Right. And so in that school is commitment and discipline. Now, what is commitment? People will probably say, well, it's honoring your, it's honoring your word. It's sticking to your protocol, your plan. It's honoring your word, no matter what. That's a lot of the definition that I'll hear, but everybody forgets what the no matter what means. Yeah. Everyone forgets that no matter what means, even when you fall down and you make a mistake, you mm -hmm. get back up. You're not, not committed because you made a mistake. Like I watch my kids, like they're two and they're four. They're committed to riding their bikes. They are committed to scooting around the block. How, but you want to know how many times you have to fall down in order for it to take hold 72 times. Yeah. And then on the 73rd, they get it. And guess what? Then in like two weeks, they fall down again. But they're still going to scoot, right? They're yeah. still going to. So I just think that we're incorrectly taught 
the definition of commitment when it comes to dieting and when it comes to our health. We're like, mm. okay, this is my new plan. I'm going to drink 80 ounces of water or I'm going to go walking for 60 minutes or hit 10,000 steps or whatever it is. And then like something comes up and they don't do it. And they're like, well, there's no point. And then they sure. throw in the towel and that's what screws them up. I have this thing on my desk. It's so cute. My dad just like one day came up here, and put it here. And it says, never, never, never give up. Winston mm. Churchill, never, never. That's literally the secret to losing weight for the last mm-hmm. time is you just never give up. You never, ever quit like big Q quit when right. you go out with your friends and you have more than maybe you planned. That's a, that is not a quit. That is right. an opportunity for you to learn. You know what? My daughter, literally this just happened. She's riding her bike. She falls over. She gets up. She's a little upset, right? Make a mistake. You don't sure. follow your plan. Yeah. You're probably going to be a little upset. That's okay. It's okay to be a little disappointed, right? Eventually I'll wean you off the disappointment. You won't feel disappointed anymore, <laughs> but she's a little disappointed. Like she's got a little tear and she's like, mom, what happened? And I'm like, you, you were watching the bird for like 10 seconds instead of watching the sidewalk. And she's like, Oh, and I was like, so next time you see a bird be like, Oh, bird eyes back on the sidewalk. Right. So it's the same thing. It's like, okay, last night I was out with my girlfriends. I planned not to have dessert because most of the time me having dessert doesn't work for me. And two nights before I had dessert or whatever, you're like, not planning to have dessert. You ate, you know, the chocolate cake and the creme brulee, whatever you look back because what we're taught is that if we eat off plan, that there's only two options. We're taught you either beat yourself up and you like berate yourself. What's wrong mm-hmm. with you again? That, that shit does not work. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone's like, if I just beat myself up a little harder then I'll like, then right. I'll, then I'll really learn. I'll right? guilt I'll like, myself that, into change. Yeah. If I thought that worked, I wouldn't be that mad about it. I mean, I would be because it's like not loving, but it doesn't, but it's, it's not doesn't sustainable. Work. Right. It's not sustainable. Dude. I, I ask, I, I make my clients commit like today is the day. So I offer to you guys, right. Whatever this date is today that you are hearing this today is the day that I never beat myself up. It's like when I was in the shower and I was like, today is the day that I don't talk shit to myself about my body. And I never do again. Does my brain want to offer thoughts still? Yes. But I get to say back to my brain, brain, we already decided we don't beat ourselves Mm -hmm. up anymore. Thank you for offering. And no, thank you. We're not going to believe those thoughts anymore. Yeah. Well, it's also like when those thoughts come in and this goes back to your meditation background, it's like, okay, oh, I see the bird, but then eyes back on the, on the sidewalk. It's like, Oh, I I see the thought. I notice the thought, but then I, I focus on what I want to be focused on. Right. It's like, they're going to come in. You're not, not going to have a a negative thought about yourself ever again. It's natural. It's about not lingering on the thought, not giving it more power. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's like, I love that quote that like, don't believe everything you think, right. When your brain offers you like, Oh my God, we suck. We failed. It's like, thank you. And no, thank you. We don't think those, we don't believe those thoughts anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so if you do eat off plan or you do eat too much dessert or you eat in a way that, you know, maybe one afternoon you come home and you eat half the bag of goldfish, you said you weren't going to eat goldfish anymore, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. What I, what I don't want you to do is beating yourself up. And what I don't want you do doing is letting yourself off the hook. If you said you weren't going to do it now, here's the thing. People are like, Oh, really? That doesn't, Letting myself off the hook seems like the more loving option, but beating yourself up and letting yourself off the hook are both not loving. And what I teach my clients to do is to look back with love. Mm -hmm. And this is real discipline. Discipline means to teach. It's literally the definition. It's the meaning a disciple. It means to teach, right? And so 
that's discipline is, uh, I heard it also called as like kind sight, like looking back, like, Hey, what happened after school or what happened last night with the girls at dessert? And like, I, I make my clients take three deep breaths and like literally pull the love off of the shelf and put it in their body. And we're going to look with love. Shame might want to come up and rear its head. That's okay. We are going to lovingly look at our mistake at our fall on the sidewalk. Oh, we just let stress rule us after school, or we just thought the thought, you know what, this isn't fair that all my girlfriends get to have this and I don't, right? So when we look back with love and we find the thought that caused the food to go in our mouth, every time a piece of food goes in your mouth, it's because you thought a thought. So mm -hmm. there's your brain and thinking, and then there's food and then there's your mouth. It cannot go into your mouth without a thought. A lot mm -hmm. of times it's the thoughts are super subconscious and subtle and we don't need to worry about them because the food is for fuel. But if you said, you know, what, I'm not going to eat goldfish after school anymore, whatever. And then you do, you got to find the thought that created the goldfish going in your mouth. And that's what the look back with love is. And that's what I do with my daughter. A lot of um, like peaceful parenting and gentle parenting will teach. Hey, if you're like my daughter will my son too, but my daughter will smack my son like upside the head or scratch him or, you know, doing sibling stuff. Mm -hmm. So do I, do I beat her up? No, I do not beat her up right. like physically or verbally. Right. Okay. And I don't let her off the hook because mm -hmm. that's not love either. Right. I don't, because what I want to do, cause it's easier, right. It's easier for me to just kind of yell at her or it's easier for me to just look the other way. Mm -hmm. But what, what I need to do is discipline her. I need mm -hmm. to teach her. I need to go over there and say, Luna, what's going on, babe. Mm -hmm. I noticed you just hit Phoenix. And she's going to be like, I'm really frustrated. I'm really mad. He took my toy. And then I give her some context. I totally understand. It's totally okay for you to be frustrated. It's mm -hmm. not okay to hit. Mm -hmm. What are some solutions for next time? Yeah. That is the way that I want to parent. That's discipline. I'm right. teaching her skills. And that's what I teach my clients. How do we go over and say, it's okay to want the goldfish, <laughs> but next time, what's a better strategy, right? What's right, a better right. strategy to follow it through? And that's discipline. That's teaching. And that will change behavior over time. Is she going to hit him? Mm -hmm. Next week, probably. Is she going to hit him in a year? Probably not most of the year, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it, this is behavior change, but we yeah. can't do it through letting ourselves off the hook and we can't do it through beating ourselves up. Yeah. So yeah. true because the letting ourselves off the hook, although it can be masked as like, oh, I'm giving myself grace and there's yes. all give yourself grace, right? Yes. That is the looking back with love. That's the yes. looking back with love. But then it if we do that too much, in terms of letting ourselves off the hook, it becomes self-sabotage. Now it's, oh. we are just sabotaging our own progress. What happens is now we're doing things when it's convenient instead of whatever it takes. And that's how I describe commitment, yeah. right? Com doing yeah. some, there's a difference between being interested in doing something and being committed yes. to it. You're interested mm -hmm. when you're interested yeah. in something, you do it when it's convenient, when you're committed, you do whatever it takes. That means you just keep getting back up. You keep, you yeah. don't capital Q quit, like you said. Yeah. And so, um, I think that differentiator, like differentiating between looking back with, with love, that's grace. And like giving yourself yes. room and permission to like, not be perfect, to make, be human, make mistakes, but also don't negotiate with yourself, like continue mm. to hold yourself accountable yeah. and not let yourself off the hook. And I think yeah. there's so much growth in that. Um, tell people like a little about your program and how they can work with you, where you are online and, and kind of all yeah. the things you have going on, because this, I know for so many people is like, Oh, this is so good and scratching the surface, yeah. but I want to know more. And maybe they want some accountability in this area. What does yeah. that look like? 
Yeah, for sure. Well, you guys can find me on Instagram or I just got on TikTok, which yes. I know you're big on TikTok. So um, my handles are at Laura Conley coaching. So my name is L-A-U-R-A and Conley is C-O-N-L-E-Y coaching at Laura Conley coaching. There's no extra N's or L's or E's in Conley, C-O-N-L-E-Y. So uh, that's my Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram and now TikTok, which is super fun. Um, I'm like a geriatric millennial. (laughs) So I feel really cool. Um, getting on there anyways. So you could find me either of those places. You can also go to my website, lauraconley.com, lauraconley.com. You can click work with me and you can learn all about the yummy mummy experience, which is my six month program and coaching course that guarantees you lose weight for the last time. Um, so depending on when you guys are listening to sometimes applications are open. Sometimes you're on a wait list. It just depends, but you can always go to lauraconley.com, click work with me and you'll, you'll find, I always have. And again, if you, if you find me on Instagram or TikTok, you know, I'll, I'll let you know if applications are open. And then sure. I do like free fun stuff all the time. Like this school of skinny is coming up. That's completely free. It's a six day event. It's super fun. Um, and all kinds of stuff like that. And yeah. So amazing. I know. And tell them about the journal that you have for them. Cause I know oh, yeah. we want to give, give guys, yeah. uh, you guys something practical that you can do and start to apply. Um, so tell people a little bit about that and, and we'll yeah. tell people where they can get it. Cause I yeah. got a link for, for sure. Them. For sure. Okay. So one of the staples inside the yummy mummy experience is journaling. Um, I treat weight loss and health, like brushing your teeth. So the yummy mummy experience it, in and of itself, it's like a it's like, if you didn't pay attention to your mouth for like 15 years, you'd have to go and get like a root canal and you'd have to have like braces mm-hmm. and like, it would be a six month immersion. Right. But then when you're done with the six months, all you have to do is brush your teeth for two minutes a day right. and you have beautiful, healthy teeth and you want to brush your teeth for two or four minutes a day because you don't want them to fall out of your face. Right. <laughs> you want to have a beautiful smile. It's the same with journaling right? You need to journal for two to four minutes a day if you want to have the kind of health you want to have. So I want to give you guys this journal. It's downloadable. You can print it out. And I want to encourage you to get into it, like to have fun with it, not to make it something else that you have to do, but something else that's like your, your tool, like your, this is the code that's cracked. And I want to encourage you to get into it. Even if on Saturday and Sunday, you don't do it, don't wait a month to like get back up. up. Right. So it's downloadable. It's um, lauraconley.com forward slash Tori, T O R I. So we're so. going to put all of those links, including Laura's uh, social media handles and links to the journal and how you can work with her in the show notes. So we might make it super easy for you guys to connect with her. Um, this has been so good. And I'm so yeah, glad so that fun. you came and gave us all permission to level up in our health and yeah. be more kind to ourselves, but also it's okay to want more. It's okay yeah. to want to create change and to step into yeah. that and to commit to that. And, um, if you're looking for accountability or support in this area, definitely check out more about what Laura's doing. Thanks for being here. I appreciate oh, you thanks, so much. Corey. You have like the best, warmest energy. I mm. love talking with you. So fun.
Oh, well, you're welcome back anytime. And you yeah. guys, um, this is an opportunity to step in, to be coachable, to be willing to learn and grow. That's what we do here on this show every single week. Thank you for tuning in. If you aren't subscribed, please do so share it with a friend or tag us online. We do have our own Instagram account, the coachable podcast on Instagram, follow us there. And, uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review because if you do, and you send it to us at support at Gordon.com, we're going to give you free access to the find your purpose workshop. Um, all you have to do is send us a screenshot of the rating and review and uh, we'll, we'll send you free access. So who doesn't want a free gift? Typically it's $197. So why not? We appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in until next time. Go be coachable. See you next week on the coachable podcast.